Welcome. Thank you for hanging out with us. Happy holidays from all of us here at the IT and the D Show. This is episode 422. I'm Bob Waltenspiel, your host here with producer Randy Walker. Guest this week, you will not believe who we have in remote studio, Nuri Gojai. He's been gone for almost two and a half-ish years uh, in New Zealand. He was on the podcast for, what, almost four years, Nuri? Three and a half, four years? Um, yeah, I'm like a bad case of something. I just keep coming back. I'm I'm, I'm <laughs> sorry, I guess, but I'm so this glad to be here. But this is a welcomed case of whatever is coming back. Um, <laughs> no, we're, we're, we couldn't be happier that Nuri's uh, back in back stateside, and he actually is in Michigan right now. But, hey, you can find us online, itinthed.com, and do us a favor. Give us a like on the social. Subscribe to us everywhere. Find podcasts are sold. Uh, we're not having a December meetup, but we will be in Royal Oak starting in January at Ye Old Saloon. $2 bacon on a stick. Uh, find it online, meetup.com slash IT in the D. And uh, we hope to meet you all there. Bacon on a stick, is that that so seems not, very American. And it's not like Oscar Mayer, like toilet bacon. This is like thick cut. They bought the, the whole speck thing. And oh, yeah, it's they're all like good, half inch thick. Yeah, it's almost like a pork, half a pork chop. It's, it's, it's they're so good. Because one of the things I've been dreaming about ever since I got back was Bad Brad's. They make something called pig candy. Yeah. It's sure. like delicious, sweet. Best oh, God. Have you had it before? Oh, oh yes. Oh, yes. All right. Oh. So we're going we're gonna to dive in. I wanted to bring Nuri back for a thousand reasons, but one of them is uh, life in New Zealand. Uh, work took him abroad. And none of us really know much about New Zealand. It's not like there's movies and it's not like there's TV shows. And, <laughs> you know, it's not like, you you know, shrimp on the bobby and all that garbage that, you know, like the crocodile Dundee. That's Australia. But this is New Zealand. Um, I think the closest we come is watching rugby. Um, all Blacks. And, oh, yeah. yeah the all Blacks are, you know, that's like the the Dallas Cowboys of, you know, was of pro rugby. But um, Nuri, a hey, welcome back can't say i miss you enough um and it's uh, beautiful to see your face again oh it's good to be here and uh I, i'll just preface it by saying all of my viewpoints are my own they do not reflect those of my employers current or present and i'll do my best to kind of give you a good good idea of what life was like in new zealand um and if you're in new zealand and listen to this i'm being a little cheeky um but i've really loved my time out there and i miss it really badly so where do we want to dive we, in? Uh, <laughs> can we speed that up like at the end of like a mortgage commercial? Like NMLS number 4279. <laughs> <laughs> no, so I mean, where do, I wouldn't even like I would know, you know, once you've been to a country a couple of times, you kind of get the lay of the land. Were you ever there before? Was this like fresh and new? So I stepped off an airplane on August, is it 11th, 2019? And I started work on August 12th, 2019. I had never been to New Zealand before. I vaguely know where it is. A fun fact, if you ask a person where New Zealand is on the map, most people don't know where it is. Even no, worse, some maps on. don't even include New Zealand. It's true. It's I true. don't think it's on the Risk board game map. <laughs> but then again, though, I mean, if you watch like Jimmy Kimmel, he'll ask, he'll ask people on the street to name a country and they can't. They'll say like <laughs> Africa. He's like, that's a continent. Name a country. Antarctica. Like, yeah, right. You know, so like the fact that people can't, you know, that's one thing I'm like stressing to my daughters is come here, first three presidents. Who's the vice president? You know, like I'm just like, where's uh Suts that's on a map? You know what I mean? Just like based, you know, you should know this stuff. Anyway. You should know this stuff. Yeah. So I uh, I got off the plane, I'd never been there before. It's it was really confusing because you know, you go to a country that speaks English. They have a lot of the same big brands, like there's McDonald's, they call it Macca's, there's Burger King and Wendy's. So there's some of the big global brands, like you'd have to hunt for a Starbucks, but it still felt very regular, what like as an American, uh, the, the wrong one, <laughs> the okay. left-hand side of the road. Yeah. And even then, that didn't take me long really to get used to. You just keep telling yourself driving the left. Um, but it, it felt really similar, but it was actually very different. Culturally, New Zealand is very different than America. So it took a little bit of getting used to kind of the Kiwi sensibilities and kind of how people are, are much more maybe demure than Americans. They're much more polite. Um, just there's, 
there, there was a lot of getting used to kind like of even like Midwest business. polite, even like Midwest polite, but even like better than Midwest polite. Yeah. Even like Canadian, just, uh, maybe more Canadian, but it's like also distinctly British. Okay. Right? So there's like the kind of British sensibilities. So it's kind of a cross between the UK and Australia. And it just kind of happens to be the very unique New Zealand, which is lovely. Was it like the vacate the from the Australian p- British prisoners? These were like the vacationers of the prisoners. I don't know. I I don't know where most of the people in New Zealand came from. I think a lot of a lot of folks have British roots. Okay, so it's very very common. Yeah, they were. Like, pr- yeah. I mean, wasn't Australia originally prisoners? It's a prison colony. Uh, I don't yeah. know. I've been to Australia a couple times. You could. Yeah. It makes sense. It I carries. saw Mad Max. I, I know what's up there. <laughs> But like it was, uh, it was distinctly similar, but also distinctly different, and it was, uh, it was uh, a lot of fun. So like I know when uh, when I went to Tokyo, like when I got home, like all I wanted was like McDonald's Coke, even though I don't even crave it that much. It just was like you know because all I'm drinking is green tea and you know the the stuff from the soda, you know from the vending machines. Yeah. Like what what's the one thing like when you got home and like did you just like run to Buddy's Pizza? Um, it was Mexican food. Okay. So they have, so Kiwi food is very bland kind of, maybe not even imaginative. The versions of international cuisine you get are not very good. So it was like take off British food. Like you like pork and beans and like bangers and mash. Bush and chups or fish and chips as they would say it. That was pretty common. Um, it was, it was pretty boring. So, um, a lot of the specialty ingredients don't make it down there, or if they do, they're very expensive. So they may have Mexican restaurants, they may have taco restaurants, but very few of them are good. So if there was anything that I wanted that was not New Zealand European, I was cooking it myself. I was finding the dried peppers and making my own sauces and my own moles. And I bought a barbecue smoker and started doing like my smoked brisket, and my smoked ribs, made a lot of friends through smoked meat. So I recommend food diplomacy wherever you go, but I missed Mexican food. So the first thing I did when I got home, my best friend, James, Tampa, Florida, took me to a Mexican place that just did ridiculous, delicious, bunch of old abuelas making food. And that was my first real food back in the States. I also miss sandwiches. They really don't do sandwiches well. So you can get sandwiches from like a case that they're pre-made. They may toast it for you, but there's no deli. You can't just walk into a deli and say, hey, give me the following things on a sandwich. They had Subway, but Subway sucks. That is right. in my opinion. Um, but that was the closest thing I could get to a sandwich. So I, I missed Jimmy John's. I missed a public sub. I missed like just those little silly things. Like, I don't know. Like snack food? Was that weird? Like uh, snacks weren't weird. Um, they make a brand of weird chips. flavors of like Pringles in like odd countries. Yeah, they they make a brand of chips called Snack a Changi. Um, the it's the best salt and vinegar chip I ever had. They're called vinegar and salt. Backwards. If, if, if any, they put the vinegar in first, so that makes it even better, right? Oh. So, if if anyone wants to start a franchise of really freaking delicious chips, Snack a Changi. What was the biggest culture shock when you stepped off the plane? Uh, probably just the like you think of American culture as like a very big, you know, you're, you're, you're promoting yourself. You're promoting what you're doing. You're promoting your brand, etc. Right. And, and the Kiwis have this thing called tall poppy syndrome. And what it is, is that the tall poppy gets chopped down. Okay. So people are very, very cautious about talking about their accomplishments. They are very cautious about kind of shining their light. So interviewing people, I would see folks are just almost afraid to talk about the things they've done because they're just used to that whole kind of, you know, you chop somebody down who's putting their head up. So that's real and was really strange. Um, the, the big American didn't carry well. Like everyone's almost very, a little more demure, I'd say, a little more polite. Um, I don't know what the best way to put it, but it was just... I found myself kind of turning myself down a bit. Mm-hmm. I was still nerdy and happy and bouncy, et cetera, but I just would turn myself down 
a bit to carry, especially with the older generation or the the folks that are, I guess, 40 plus, right? So, God, I'm 40 next year, so I just put myself in the older generation. Shit. I'm screwed. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, the speed of business was different, too. Like, I feel, you know, America's got this really crazy business at all costs. Like, we're in the middle of a pandemic, whether or not your politics think so. We're in the middle of all these crazy anti, like supply chain issues, et cetera. Like, but everyone's still showing up to work. So that article today in Vox, like everyone's working through this at full speed or harder because of it. In New Zealand, they kind of shut the entire country down the month of January. It's summer. So go out and do summer things, right? So nothing gets done in the entire month of January. And that's incredible. Like I had like golden week in golden week in Japan. A lot of different cultures have like shut down. Um, a lot of, uh, what is it? Summer in Europe. Like they're just like two and a half months off. Just like, don't, don't call me. I think you told me that, didn't you? Like, uh, when you, uh, were doing business over there, you were, they were like, yeah, don't call me in June or July. Basically. Yeah. The, the entire country's down and, um, God, I had, was it a total of two months of paid time off? between public holidays and sick time and my 30 days of vacation. So I had two months of a year that I didn't work. Nice. Like the speed of, I mean, even like so many places close early, like they keep normal hours. There's no, you don't go to a drugstore at at 11 o'clock at night to pick up something like CVS, for instance. Those people like even retail has regular hours so they believe that people have a life and that they should have a life so there's that culture part is very different but that's slowly changing so it's funny i was supposed to go to brazil uh this was like oh six right before i was at hp and the way they did business there was you know i was going to spend a month there i was going to call on four customers uh you pitch on monday negotiate on wednesday um and then close or don't close and then party or don't party on friday or party alone or party with the customers, right? Um, and then on Monday, new 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 customer, same thing, repeat. And I was kind of like, <laughs> I'm going to need some getting used to on this because, you know, this is, you know, most of my sales cycles were always three, six, nine months long, at, you know. But, yeah, that's just, uh, you know, it's just funny how some cultures and things are just like rush, 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 now, now, now. And some are just like, hey, to, you know, pull back the brakes a little bit. That's been, I think, one of the biggest things for me coming back to the United States. Like, I rented a car. Luckily, I had my friend James pick me up at the airport. I was exhausted coming back after traveling. I went the wrong way around the world. Instead of going Auckland to LAX, LAX to Detroit, I went Auckland to Melbourne, Melbourne to Dubai, Oh Dubai no. to JFK, JFK to Tampa. So by the time I got off the plane, I was just absolutely delirious. And I kept trying to stop my friend. I'm like, don't go that way. You're going the wrong way down the street. Like I had lost my mind by the time I got off the plane. But like driving out of Tampa to where my grandparents live, which is north of town, I was like, why the hell is everybody in such a fucking hurry? Like everyone's just flying. I'm, I'm already doing 80. Now in New Zealand, the top speed limit anywhere in the country is 110 kilometers. And that's only for just a couple of miles. Is that even on average? Five? A hundred kilometers is 61 miles an hour. So that's basically the national speed limit. If you're anywhere, the the motorway, which is like uh, I-75, for instance, it's called the one. New Zealand only has the one, two, and the three. It's kind of cute. But it's a hundred kilometers an hour. That's 61 miles an hour. So now I'm doing 80. I'm freaking out. I'm like, why is everybody going so fast? And people are flying by me at 90 and 100. And I'm like, it's like Mad Max at the Thunderdome in here. So that's been the biggest thing for me is that Americans are in such no, that's, a hurry. That's, but that's Michigan, though. You go to Ohio, Florida. Indiana. Florida and Michigan are about the same because most of them are half uh, Michiganders. That's, that's if you go true. to Indiana, like everyone goes 60. Like I, we had to drive to St. Louis a few months ago. And it's once I got out of Michigan, I was like, oh my God, these people drive like grandparents, you know? Like, <laughs> no, they, um, these what did everybody really drive? Big. Um, cars were smaller. Yeah, uh, New Zealand is at the end of this year implementing a tax on anybody buying a gas guzzler, and it's a big tax. Um, so there's a lot of foreign, like Korean, Japanese, and even Chinese cars that I've never seen before. In general, they were smaller. 
the Nemex I know in cars. Germany, there, I noticed there was like Opel was like everywhere uh, outside of like BMW, Mercedes, you know, it was and Audis and Volkswagens. It was. They said the car is weird too. Like it's not Mazda, it's Mazda. Like the way they pronounce things like a Hyundai. I just, I didn't understand why they were not pronouncing car names right. Um, <laughs> I, I drove a Mercedes-Benz A200, which is not available in the United States. It's a hatchback A-series Mercedes-Benz, and it was absolutely gorgeous. Perky, but small, just because parking lots are smaller, the, the roads seem narrower, and driving is just pretty much all around precarious. Um, they say that if Google Maps says it's eight hours to get somewhere, give yourself 12, because you're never going to go the speed limit through most of New Zealand's roads. So is Auckland, I mean, what would, would you compare it to any American city that you've been to? Uh, Auckland felt strangely like Seattle to me. Okay. Kind of in the weather, kind of in the size, kind of in the people, uh, and then the amenities. Um, Auckland is what, one and a half, maybe one and a half million or less. And the weather is just kind of gorgeous year round. Like it's, the summer is in the seventies. The winters are in the f- upper forties. So it's, it's very similar to Seattle. And then it rains kind of most of the winter. Um, and it's just kind of always beautiful. Like we'd have our windows open pretty much every day of the year in our house and the breezes would just blow through. There was some heat in the winter time, maybe on a couple of days, but it was just so freaking pleasant. Auckland's a lovely town. Um, I'd say, the one thing that was difficult about it was the cost. Like I wanted to get um, there. Yeah. That's the, uh, the downsides of New Zealand. Um, the a- average or the median home price now in Auckland, I believe is $1.2 million. Median. Yep. And what that gets you is a house that probably needs demolished. That probably has no working toilets. Do they flush backwards by the way? They do not. They do not. Did you test or one of the first things I checked, Bob, I got off the plane. I'm like, quick, (laughs) get me to the lavatory. Like, yeah. Um, um, so $1.2 million and it probably needs gutted. It's, uh, it's bad. It's, and then to, to put you in perspective of pay, like a latte costs four fifty or $5 New Zealand dollars. So that $1.2 million whilst if you translate that into USD, it doesn't seem much, you have to translate people's pay into that as well. So I didn't would, make a bunch more money. Would you say the majority of people there are homeowners or is renting more common? Renting is more common. Flatting culture, like actually renting with somebody is mm-hmm. actually really common too. So um, many of my friends had flatmates. Um, you would own a house if you basically had rich family members. And if you were New Zealand born European then your parents owned a house probably. And they had that same kind of appreciation where they may have bought it for $400,000. Now it's worth $2 million and they sell it. Now you're, you know, you're just swapping money around with people who also had the same thing that happened to it. Um, we were renting a house and our house was a two bedroom house in a very nice neighborhood. So it's kind of like an, an older neighborhood, more established. Um, the guy who started wine in New Zealand was about three houses down from me. I, one of the best parts of living in New Zealand was knowing this man. It was uh, fantastic, but our house was $4,200 a month in rent for a two bed for a two bedroom house. When we got there, our landlord offered to sell it to us about for $100,000 house mortgage. I'm just trying to, uh, 4,200, I think is more close to a million dollar mortgage. Okay. All right. Cause I'm looking at houses. Um, so our landlord offered to sell it to us at $1.5 million. Now we couldn't have bought the house because we were not permanent residents or residents. Even we were there on a work visa, but he's like, look, you don't have to go through a bank. You can just buy it for me. We'll figure it out. When we left the house two years later, the valuation of the property was $3 million. That's in two wow. years. And it sold for Five million dollars when it went to auction. Wow! So, so one point uh, five million two years ago. You just, five million. Yeah. You just you, yeah you just lost three point five million dollars and you're you're not crying. What's going on? I screwed up, man. I screwed up hard. I I, I knew I screwed up, but 
but how do you know, right? It's like me me yelling at myself for not buying serious stock at a nickel. I still I still bitch at myself for that, and I know it's stupid. Serious XM. Yeah, it was a nickel. Ah. Um, they owned or buying a, Bitcoin, right? Like or buying Bitcoin. It was a buck when my friend was building data centers in Indiana and racks and racks and racks and wanted to know where I could get cheap, you know, stuff. I'm like, well, you're an idiot. That's basically my old talk with him. And now it's like, I haven't talked to him in like five years. He's probably on an island somewhere. Mm. The um, they they talk about it a lot. House prices because it's hard to get on that property ladder. And if you do, you're buying a shithole, right? It's or an apartment, the CBD, which like there's, it's hard being an immigrant to try to, to go through that process. And it's so politically untenable to fix it. Like everyone's like, do so, the government should do something about house prices. So they, they screw around with some things here and there. But what if you were the government and told everybody that had a $5 million house, that their house was now worth $1 million. Yeah. Is that going to be like, no, that's that's terrible politics. No, you have get- to. I mean, what? I'm now no economist, but you open up, you basically open up zoning so more houses get built and there's a greater supply, and then prices get dropped. That's what you they're know. doing. So they've yeah. just changed the property zoning in Auckland so that you can now build more dense property. Sure, which is good. Like people but need like, to be able to buy like on- my neighborhood go up where the houses are ten feet apart. You know, and there's condos in the middle, and you know what I mean. You get to cram in. 270 residences into a place that would normally have like 60, 70 houses. Oh, they're already doing that. So like yeah. you've got a 291 street name. Now they've got 291A, 291B, and 291C. So people are subdividing their lots into micro segments to be able to put houses up on it. So housing is definitely a problem in New Zealand. So every you know Reddit is full of people. How do I move to New Zealand? It sounds like a really great plan. Don't. Well, well, not think don't, but it's hard. Yeah, yeah you're, you nailed it. It's hard. You can't just, you know, especially if you don't have a nice job going into it. You know what I mean? And even I, I figure I had a really nice job making several times the average or the median wage in New Zealand, and I still felt poor. I saw you eating coney dogs. That's you're not poor. Uh, no, that was a ton of fun. Like those Kiwis did not know what hit them. Um, I found the copycat Lafayette. Oh, chili dog. Eh. They, no, they loved it. We um, so we got in touch with the regional Burning Man event down there, which was called Kiwi Burn, and it's I think it was the first regional Burning Man event that sprung up after the regional started, and we made the coney sauce. I found the Lafayette coney recipe that's copycat. I found beef hearts and I ground them myself. And it was just people like, what am I eating? I'm like, it's a bunch of spices. It's mustard. It's like three pounds of beef fat and beef hearts. Just don't think about it and eat it. Um, We had a guy who was vegan who came up and he's like, this smells so good. What is it? I'm like, you can't have it. It's like, I'm going to break. We actually broke a vegan that night. See, that's my dream in life, Nuri. You stole my dream in life. We, we can do it together, Bob. Like, Your dream is to break a vegan? Yeah, every day. <laughs> that's amazing. Every day. I did break a former pastor who didn't drink. And by the end of our lives together, he was my SE at a company that shall be not be named. Um, he was drinking basically vodka uh, on the rocks everywhere we went. He would have like a margarita or like a fruity drink every six months. And by the end, he was drinking two, three days a week. And I'm like, I finally got you. Hmm. Well, so that was uh i remember what like a bottle of beer at a bar that's how uh, i got to germany i don't do you ever, did I ever tell you the story when i went i went to germany like every two years for like six years and the first year it was uh deutschmarks were still in play and a beer a liter of beer one liter of beer was nine deutschmarks which was four dollars fifty cents from the exchange all right two years later the euro came in and it was one to one and that same $9, it was a $9 liter, right? Two years later, our dollar was weaker, and that same liter of beer was like $13.50. So it went from $4.50 to $13.50 in literally a matter of uh, four years. Uh, that hurts for a liter yeah. of beer. 
what was I paying for a liter of beer? Probably between six and eight bucks, New Zealand. No. Yeah. For a, for a liter, like a boomba? Oh, oh, no, 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 no. We're talking a pint, a 330. Oh, oh, oh. Okay. All right. Yeah. Oh, that's that's what it is here. For if you get a, a pint of Stella here, it's six eight bucks. Yeah, it's it's, a, it's about that. Uh, New Zealand has had a renaissance in craft beer the last couple of years. There's uh, uh, the Garage Project or Garage Project uh, is uh, out of Wellington and absolutely has spearheaded this kind of craft beer movement. Um, there's Behemoth Brewery now, which is actually owned by an American. And they're making really delicious beers. So. Do they call them uh, tiki bars there, or are they just bars? Um, uh, did I go to a tiki bar? I don't think I actually even went to a tiki bar, or tiki, as they would say. One of the strangest um, things I've ever been to, I was, a, I was at a Jamaica Rasta bar in Tokyo. <laughs> and I'm like, where? And then in, like, in Germany, we went to a bar, and it was like dedicated to uh, boxing. Like, 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 you know, and I'm like, like what, where are we? Like it's just... Is that an Amazon uh, warehouse boxing? <laughs> no, it's not boxing oh, in Canada. Like yeah. putting things in boxes. No, no then like uh, Denver, we there was a Detroit Lions fan bar because there was a bunch of Michigan expats, and they turned a dive bar into their Detroit Lions mecca. I'm like, so bizarre the places you find. Whatever What's happened the, uh, to the uh, Las Vegas casino, the D? Is that still there? Yeah, yeah. We went there uh, for our fantasy football draft right before COVID. All right. All right. He just opened up uh, – is it called Circa, Randy? I don't know if you know the guy that owns it. Um, and it's like you got to look at the pool at Circa. It's the biggest pool in Vegas, apparently. And they Whoa. have like a like an IMAX movie screen for outdoor viewing for like the so you can watch any game in the world like going on. Nice. I love American opulence. Oh God! Just go to Dallas for a week. Dallas is like the Carvana and Livonia is like six cars high. In Dallas, it's like twenty-eight cars, thirty-two cars. It's like everything. the 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 craziest thing I've ever been to was the new Jerry Jones Dallas Cowboys practice facility. It's literally like going to a college university campus, and it's like a mall restaurant district. And in the middle of it, it's like their practice field with attached to like an executive members only bar that my friend was a member there, so she took me. Um, Literally the one of the biggest like gross things I've ever you know I'm like this is all the goddamn Dallas Cowboys thing. She's like yeah it's all like yeah, they just want to be bigger than the other persons. Or I thought Orlando was bad. Then I went to Dallas. Yeah, Texas. Or, Orlando's yeah. like we got the biggest McDonald's. Oh yeah, and then across the street they're gonna build a bigger one like the size of a you know a Rite Aid, and it's like, just ridiculous. <laughs> It's like the Walmart I went to in upstate New York. Two stories. What? Yeah. Well, they have a two-story target in Bloomfield Hills, I think. Or you could park on the bottom. Yeah, it's parking underneath. Yeah. uh, People of two-storywalmart.com. Yeah. (laughs) Plug plug for my website. (laughs) Well, I mean. Grocery stores, they were small, big. Oh, my God. So there's um, New Zealand's got this strange, everything is a duopoly. There are two options for everything, just two. So there's basically two grocery store chains. One's called Pack and Save. Well, Pack and Save is owned by um, New World. So you've got New World and you've got Countdown. Those are the two big ones, right? And they've got sub-brands. But either way, there's there's not much competition in the grocery space. So grocery shopping was very expensive. I could rarely, like if I was planning one night's worth of dinner, it was probably 100 bucks. What? Probably a hundred bucks. Yeah. So groceries were not cheap. Produce was not cheap. And that's probably because either New Zealand is so far away from everything else, or it's because there's this duopoly that basically keeps prices high. By uh, month three, you're eating sauerkraut and cut up hot dogs. (laughs) I craved sauerkraut and cut up hot dogs, Bob. (laughs) But maybe it's also like I, I tried really hard to recreate all my favorite dishes and my my ethnic foods from all over the place. So, but but grocery store prices are something they have a commission now that's investigating grocery prices in New Zealand because they're too high. Well, that's because you only have a, two grocery stores in New Zealand. 
Costco's coming though. Uh, get Costco really? real nice. soon. There was talk of an IKEA coming. Uh, some of the brands have kind of decided to play. Like Taco Bell was a, a a great example of it. Taco Bell has a couple of restaurants now in New Zealand, several in Auckland, but it's not the greasy Taco Bell we're used to. It's like a healthier Taco Bell. Is it and like a cantina concept they try pushing here? Kinda. It's just not as greasy, maybe. And uh, Crunchwrap Supreme, which may be three or four dollars here, was like nine dollars. Taco Bell was premium in New Zealand, so there was no cheap eats. There was no ninety-nine cents value menu. It was uh, super expensive. I so the brands are. Yeah. I'll say since you were gone, we've gotten BJ's now, and I don't. And I mean, the store. I love BJ's. <laughs> Here's how we got two BJ's. Actually, two BJ's. We got the brewery. <laughs> And this warehouse store. So, yeah. I do not know this brand. Yeah, it, I don't either, and I've never been. I heard it's like Costco, but different. Um, yeah, it's just another warehouse club. Yeah. There's a lot of talk about how Costco is going to change the model in New Zealand. Like having a big American conglomerate with a, a powerful shipping and distribution arm, what that's going to do to prices. Hopefully, it's good. Like I would... um there is a company in New Zealand called Gilmore's, which is basically like a um, a food version of Costco. So if I wanted cheap bulk foods, I'd go there. Like I'd get my briskets there because I could go to the store and buy a brisket. It'd be a hundred bucks. I'd go to Gilmore's and buy the brisket. And it'd be $60 and it'd be Wagyu beef. So huh. really, really like a, like a Gordon, Like a Gordon Foods type place? Except you had to have a business to go shop there. Okay. Mm. And you had to register. So I had a friend who had a business that was completely fake um, just for the sole purpose of going to Gilmore's. And so he shared his card amongst all of his friends. And so I'd go and I'd pop into Gilmore's. Like it was um, having that kind of, I I think it's going to be good for New Zealand to have Costco. I really do. Or more competition. Like it's kind of cute and kind of quaint. The online shopping is kind of small. There's a lot of big global brands. The luxury ones make it, but it's, I think globalization is a wave and it's coming. And I don't think New Zealand's quite ready for globalization. So are there like corner markets or neighborhood grocery stores at all? Or are they all the big? No, oh, there's the concept of the dairy and the dairy is a, a convenience store. And that convenience store sells milk and may have, 150 different types of canned goods, breads, chips, like it would save you a trip to countdown. So if I forgot an onion, for instance, I could go down to my green grocer or I forgot a can of beans, I'd pop down to the dairy. Um, you'd pay a little more for them, but the dairy is the cornerstone of New Zealand's grocery buying community, which is really cool. I don't know. It was there like, um, I'm trying like, so, all I can do is relate when I went to like Tokyo and Germany, cause it's, you know, other than Mexico, that's really all I've been international Jamaica. That doesn't count. Um, the you things, don't remember it. The things I missed <laughs> the most, um, especially from Germany was breakfast, the, the bread, the butter, the coffee, the, the deli meats, the, the, I just, I've never been able, like you would go to a gas station in Germany and you would get the most beautiful baguette sandwich for the road. That would rival anything that you could order here from any deli. And it's in a effing gas station, right? Um, The coffee, like, you know, I still can't get the butter. You know, I think Meyer now has, like, it's called, I think, Irish butter or something. It's made like gold ingredients. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like European, but I forget what the hell they call it. But uh, Plurga or Lurpak. Like, I could eat that shit just, like, right off the knife. Oh. What did, uh. But so what good. what was uh, is there any sort of thing like that in New Zealand like where you're coming home going, you know I, I need this in my life. Yes, um, and New Zealand has a culture of pies, and it's not like an apple pie or a cherry pie. It's basically a bunch of savory shit shoved into a pie container, and they're small. They're, they're I don't know, maybe like like pa- like a pasty. Kind of. Yes, 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 yes. And so you could go into like a BP or any kind of gas station or a petrol station and you're going to find a pie and they may have 20 different varieties of pies. Like you could get a chicken curry pie or a, a beef mince pie. Is that with a Guinness. Scottish thing? 
Um, I think it may be British of some sort. I know, um, what is it, the Scottish place that uh, Joe Foodie, Joe works at, uh, his family owns. Yeah, um, yeah. They do those pies because I know we had them at Falling Down for a while. Yeah. So, so if I was on a road trip, a pie was the number one, the, a pie and a blue Powerade, and I'd be set for like the next four hours of driving. Is that tough to um, eat for roadies, though? No, no, no. You just, it, it was kind of thick inside. So you just kind of like, uh, okay. sure, it made a mess, but whatever. But yeah, pies, pies were the thing. Uh, yeah. <laughs> like, was there Coke different? No. All those things, there, there wasn't much Pepsi in the country. Um, their energy drinks were different. Energy drinks were restricted by age. So you couldn't buy an energy drink unless it was at 16 or over, maybe, or R18 in the countdowns and stuff. Um, no cigarettes for loco? Were, no for loco. <laughs> cigarettes were expensive. Was it uh, $38 a pack? A pack? A pack of cigarettes was $38. Every year on New Year's, they raise what the, the pack, price. What is the pack here? Is it six, seven dollars? Six or seven bucks, maybe. Yeah. yeah. So uh, every year on New Year, they would raise the price of cigarettes as kind of like a, an ongoing trying to get people to quit, and it would go up by was it ten percent a year? Um, I know. I know in Asia, chi- I mean China, Japan, smoking still a huge part of that culture. Is it? What, did you see anybody? Did it was verboten? Or nobody smoked, or what? Um, they've decided that that doesn't actually impact people that much. Like people still smoke. It's, it's not common cause you can't smoke anywhere. New Zealand has recently made it illegal to smoke in your car. If you have kids what? in it, Oh, oh. if you have kids, in it, which, which is fair. really cool. Right. So they've decided that, um, I think they're going to stop selling cigarettes, um, with an age cutoff. So basically, like if you're born after the certain date, you cannot buy cigarettes. Period. They've played with the idea of removing nicotine from cigarettes as well. Like I'm, New Zealand's public health is actually really cool, and I think that's like, I came back to America. I didn't have insurance yet because I hadn't started my job, and I just wanted to sit in my hotel, wrap myself in bubble wrap, and do nothing but eat like a brat diet, because. If I got sick, it'd be $100,000 plus, right? And uh, um, socialized medicine is really cool. Now, everyone hears socialized medicine, and they think it's like communism or some shit, or socialism is the devil, or you're going to pay more taxes. But my tax rate in New Zealand was about the same as it was in the United States. And I had full health care. People get pregnant, go into the hospital, have a baby, walk out the door without a bill. People have a heart attack, go in the hospital, walk out without a bill. Well, they don't have the military. They don't have the war machine going on. You know, that's if you look 100%. at what we spend our money on, it's you know, it's it's yeah. So Jessica, uh, my partner, girlfriend was, she takes a drug that's very expensive monthly. Like in the U.S., the I just looked it up. It's two thousand dollars a month. In New Zealand, it was five dollars for three months. Wow. Yeah. So like all of our prescriptions were just $5. Like, and I gave her the injection myself instead of having to go through the doctor, like they trained me to do it. So like your average doctors were pretty shit. Like I'd go in, I'd have to pay 150 bucks for an appointment. It was 15 minutes. Like that part was garbage. But if you were really in the shit, if you were really hurt and if you were dying, you were taken care of and you had no bill. If you got in an accident um, you couldn't sue anybody in New Zealand either. Like, there's no uh, Jometa Carews, basically. There's there's <laughs> no like suing somebody else for because the government took care of everything. They took care of your pain and suffering. They paid you while you were out of work. They paid your medical bills. Like, they had something called the ACC. We'd always joke if we were doing something stupid, if we were drunk and doing something we shouldn't, we're like, that looks like an ACC claim. Because literally, you just filed paperwork saying that you got an accident and everything was taken care of. So good. And it didn't cost me more money. It didn't cost me more taxes. Just my taxes went toward public health. And I got, yeah, my, two of my oh. cousins are Canadian doctors. And uh, they like to argue with me about stuff like that. And I think the only thing that they ever really complained about is, you know, my, my uncle over there needed a shoulder surgery done. And it took, I think, nine months to get him in. Um, but you know, and he always complains to me about getting paid from the government. Um, you know, cause it's, it's like, kind of like with here, if your bill is a buck, they're going to charge a, Medicaid a buck and a quarter. Cause they know they'll get the buck. 
You know what I mean? Of course. So you of have course. to like, you have to like figure out with the math as to, you know, what my service cost, what the government will reimburse me at. And now I have to like increase that. So I get what I needed. You know, it's, it's kind of a, this weird game. Um, yeah, I don't like it. It's bullshit. Nah, it's, 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 it, you know, but again, it's, you, you know, you, you know, what is it? Uh, stupid prizes, stupid games, stupid prizes. Right. Um, yeah. I mean, I, um, I, I loved New Zealand, Bob. Like if I had my way about things, I'd still be there. Uh, I felt COVID changed a lot for New Zealand as far as the borders, their visa process. Like I was in line to get permanent residency and I would have had permanent residency and then COVID. Um, and then the borders closed. And based on being on a work visa, if I would have left New Zealand, I couldn't have been, I, I couldn't reenter the country because I had no rights to. So it's what three so, airports and then what probably dozens of shipping ports. Uh, yeah, that's about right. So Christchurch is an international airport and so is Auckland. I think that's basically it. Oh, Oh God, the coolest thing. So I flew a lot of regional jets, uh, regional propeller planes. So air New Zealand is a lovely airline. I love them. Some of the best service I've had on an airline has been with air New Zealand. So better than spirit. <laughs> oh my God. So much better than spirit. Um, and, if you traveled on a regional plane between Auckland and Tauranga, maybe and if that wasn't a jet, if it was a propeller twin propeller plane, you didn't go through security. Wow. So you would basically walk up, scan your ticket and get on the plane. Like a, like a train or a bus, like a train or a bus. Yeah. Now, if you were going from Auckland to Wellington, which was in a jet, then you'd walk through. You didn't show your ID. You showed your boarding pass. Shoes stayed on. Jacket stayed on. Laptop came out of the bag. Super easy. Um, but God, getting around New Zealand was so lovely. And it is a gorgeous country. So many people have camper vans. They rent vans. They drive the country. It's truly God's country as far as how beautiful the place is. We, we really enjoyed the nature. Like, just over and over again the water is clean the air is clean the mountains are beautiful the snow is beautiful the paddocks are gorgeous and verdant like it's um it's something that everyone should have on their bucket list please is, go is see this where people. we make the sheep joke now or uh <laughs> there are there are more sheep than people in new zealand that's true yeah. more uh, yeah. scared sheep is that is that the joke no, that, the sheep are scared and the, i'm just i'm being funny that's australia now the funny thing too about it like kiwis are alcoholics like they're just as bad as what you think of the australians going out and getting pissed but when the kiwis do it they can claim that they're australian so kiwis kind of fly under the radar it's kind of like canadians and americans that's kind of the australia my only, New Zealand my only encounter with australians was in germany um we're at a table at a, at a pub small place. I think it was the boxing bar. I'm not going to lie. And a guy comes up, he starts chatting us up and he, cause he noticed our accent. He said, Oh, you guys are from the States. And he made a nine 11 joke. And we all kind of looked at him and said, uh, Hey, uh, you might do it. Do us all a favor and go back to your table. And uh, that was like the only time like we had encountered Australians like in our, like I've ever. So it's kind of like, you know, obviously it's that one guy wasn't, was a drunk ass. I'm not going to, you know, pigeonhole but yeah they they like their beer I, I know that much they like their beer and uh it's it's interesting there are definitely differences between australia and new zealand um i can now pick out the accent differences there are a couple of real subtle things that are different like if you ever meet somebody and you're like where where are you from you you ask them say the word like six the word deck and the word fish and Based on how they say those three words, you can tell if they're Australian or New Zealand because the, the Kiwis would say uh, fish or fush. Uh, it would be dick instead of deck. Like there's a, a, fa a commercial out there about uh, Kiwi deck polish. And it's like, I love polishing my dick. I, I polish my dick all summer long and people spend all summer on my dick. I had all the neighbors and all the kids on my dick all summer. Like that's a very key. <laughs> Randy, uh, nine forty-seven. Uh, we're going to timestamp that one. <laughs> <laughs> but like you can, you can tell. But there, there are some really just big differences in the people. Um, there is some, I'd say, casual racism that goes on probably in both countries pretty hard. Um, 
everybody asked me a lot about being an immigrant. I didn't always feel welcomed at all times. Like everyone was like, so you're from America. Hmm. Do you like it here? Like that was the question I got over and over again. And it, and it kind of, it didn't always feel genuine. I think more and more as I kind of, I felt more integrated. I picked up some of the, the linguistical things like, saying the garage instead of the garage or the motorway instead of the freeway. Like as they started to integrate, those questions stopped coming. But for a while I felt like people just treated me as a, a tourist and it was really strange. Um, there's a, a very large population in New Zealand of people from India as well. And they get a lot of casual racism. There's the people who um, were in New Zealand before they were discovered, the Maori people they deal with a lot of racism from some of that as well. Mary, too, I'll be is, candid. I think it's yeah. every single culture, you know, it's the Germans with the used to be with the Turks, you know, coming in. And I think, you know, you look at it like American to Mexico, Mexico's Guatemala, Guatemala's Nicaragua, Nicaragua's Venezuela. It just, there's always one culture that noses up at another, I think. And I, I think don't it's think tribalism, like sure, it's, it's part I, of yeah. our human nature. Yeah, doesn't make it right. And what, no. I, what I saw that was really cool in New Zealand was the way that the the people embraced Maori traditions, culture, and words. So every place uh, has like a Maori name and uh, an English name. And so people would refer to them by their Maori names. And when my What's Maori? Uh, company, uh, that's the, the local people that were there okay. in New Zealand before. Oh, got um, it, got it. When our office was um, opened, we had a traditional Maori blessing. So one of their iwi or their leaders came and blessed the building. We were all a part of that ceremony. And we would start and end our meetings with a karakia or basically a, a Maori prayer, maybe, but it's more about wisdom than uh, religion. It was just, it was, there's a lot of good things going on in New Zealand. I mean, in America, we don't call street names by their Hispanic names, or we don't have like Mexican culture bits, right? Like, so for as much as there is some racism in the older culture, we have the new, new Mexico. We do have new Mexico and I love red and green chili. It's the best. Los, um, I mean, Los Angeles. Yeah. 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 But it's, it's, it seems a very conscious thing to embrace that culture. And there's so much wisdom and beauty in the culture. Right. That's, it's been a really cool thing to be a part of as an American who's never seen that before. So no, it's nice. I felt, I felt honored to be a part of that. So Friday night, there's a rugby match on, I mean, do they have like dive bars, sports bars, hooters, you know, like are you going to, you know, what, I mean, what's the, the nightclubs? I mean, what's the scene? What's that scene look like? Uh, it's been really hard with COVID. Uh, we, we got a lot of it kind of before, um, lots of beer pubs, uh, the dive bar. I really didn't find a dive bar that I connected with. I don't know if I even found a dive bar period. Like there's so much in America, that local pub where you just go down to, and you know, everybody, they're always there. I never felt that way in New Zealand. Um, there was a pub we went to pretty regularly. That was, I guess a dive bar but yeah the bars would play rugby um matches were a big thing people would have house parties uh covid got really weird because uh god for the most recent lockdown we were a hundred days plus of nothing open so new zealand took a very hard stance to that and said we are not gonna let anybody into a bar the only thing you can do is go out for groceries then they opened up takeaways so restaurants for to go only. So you couldn't actually go to the restaurant. And then finally, maybe two weeks ago, they opened up where you could actually go to a bar. So we spent a lot of time locked down pretty hard. Yeah. Cause you were, I remember uh, we were chatting once in a while and you would say like one person got COVID the entire country shut down now. No, no, that was actually super legit, right? That one person who got it, they determined had, already like licked a bunch of doorknobs and shit. So the, la the last outbreak in New Zealand was because that one dude. So they saw that and they just went, whoop. 
and they haven't that's the other thing right they they have a very little limited frame of reference if you go out to a bar now you have to show your covid pass like i've got a um in my iphone on my wallet i'm gonna papers please uh, you folks listening can't see it, but Bob and I are on video here, so you can see it's called My Vaccine Pass, and it has a QR code. So you go to a place, they ask you for your vaccine pass, and that's what gets you in. Um, events, concerts, all that stuff requires those things. It's like so uh, it's in- artist choice here. So um, like you can't get into smalls without a vax card. The one place you need a tetanus shot after you pee um, needs a vax card. Um, but I have, you know, I got, I bought concerts. I got four concert tickets. I believe all of them need a vax pass. So ministry, craft work, weird Al, um, going to ministry. I am. It's coming up. I oh no. They pushed it again. So jealous. They were supposed to play with KMFDM and they can't KMFDM. Yeah. Together. Mm-hmm. And it was supposed to be a mine is a terrible thing to taste front to back. So he's like finally Jorgensen's finally embracing the old ministry stuff because he, you oh know, my God. he never wanted to associate with every day as Halloween, you know, I, well, we didn't play that crap. Um, now he's making, he knows it makes money. So he's playing it. Um, oh, yeah. Craft work, craft works a bucket list for mine. Uh, That's one thing I wish we had here was the nationalized system for tracking COVID. It's up to States to roll out state by state. So even the proximity alerts thing was state by state so there are states that don't have it and there's no florida's like hold my beer (laughs) yeah florida and there's no recognized system for vaccine pass like you can show your cdc card if you have it but it's a fragile piece of paper that doesn't even fit in your wallet so it was a big uh it was a big thing nuri with selling fake vax cards i saw that oh my god oh mother Mm. yeah (laughs) so they yeah i mean in turn New Zealand has had what at most 225 cases in a day at most. And their population is smaller, right? 5 million people in New Zealand. So, but still a fraction of the death of by population, a fraction of the people infected by population, like New Zealand's really done really fucking well, even though it's come at a cost of business of immigration, um, tourism etc that was one of my early arguments i go there where's that line because if you talk to anybody that's in the insurance business the they're the actuary there's a line right you could make the speed limit 25 miles an hour to eliminate highway death but then what is that going to do right there's a line um you know that's and i think i think everyone's still figuring this thing out i don't think anyone really knows you know, because anyone that screams science doesn't like should understand this. It evolves, right? This thing it should change by the day. You learn something every day, at least you hope. Um, I'm so happy. Like I, I listened to all the podcasts of you and the the epidemiologist you brought yeah. in, dude. You, so, so good. Fred good. Was, uh, so good. I just love the fact that there was nothing politics. Because um, I even told well, even when we pre screened, we're like please do not take any sort of stance because that's not what we want. Just please, the facts, ma'am. Please. Just the facts. And if people want to make their own, like I, me and Jared always talk, like I'll bring up stats and he'll yell. And I go, listen, what I've learned is you can take what, two sets of numbers and people are going to make up their own story on how they interpret it. So uh, guess what? I'm, a, I'm a math nerd. I'll give numbers. And then you make up your own. If you want to make up your own story, that's on you. You know, three out of four doctors, right? Like Crest, right? Exactly. Yeah, Same yeah. thing. Yeah, totally. Yeah, who? Are, no, who I am. Who's the, who's the glue sniffer that didn't vote for Crest? You know, it, it's it's been really like uh, the Prime Minister of New Zealand, Jacinda Ardern, who is um, absolutely amazing. I have ultimate respect for, her, even though I felt like I was pretty much treated like shit as an immigrant, and the policies have been really cautious, but. Also, New Zealand only has, I think, 300 intensive care beds in the country. So if 1% of the country got that serious of COVID, it would overwhelm the hospital system and the whole country would be screwed, right? So I understand why they did it. Um, The funny funny story about Jacinda, um, Ms. Ardern, she travels publicly. So you could be on an Air New Zealand flight with the prime minister, uh, in my two years in New Zealand, there were four times when I saw her in the Air New Zealand Lounge, basically the Delta Sky Club 
the Air New Zealand right. Koru Lounge. How old is she? Um, she's, I think, in her late 30s or early 40s. Did you send her a drink? No, um, but but my, my story is I was walking to get a glass of wine and people would see her in the club and they would pretty much leave her alone, but she loved taking pictures with like small children. So I'm walking to get a glass of wine. She walks over and right in front of me drops down like onto her, like she squats almost to take a picture of the child. And I didn't see her do this. So I had to spin like a football player, like avoiding getting tackled to not tackle the prime minister. <laughs> Meanwhile, I saw her security guys like look at me and like just watching, watching, watching. So I almost knocked the prime minister over, which would have probably <laughs> caused a an international incident. Did you ever but see the I, uh, the Danish prime minister? I think she's thirty six, and there's like there's a meme of like some guy hitting on like a rando girl at the bar. He's like, so what do you do? And he's like, you know, I'm the prime minister of Denmark, and he's like, what's Denmark? Or you know, whatever stupid line it was, you know. Uh, Jacinda is 41 years old. Okay. Uh, her partner, Clark Gayford, I saw him DJ at a festival. Like oh, they're both DJs. Like it's, it's just that country is, I, I love New Zealand, Bob. I want to go back one day. Well, you have forever. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure you have a handful of friends. I mean, did you guys go to like meetup.com and find out where like the Americans go and stuff like that? Uh, so we had two really good source of, or three really good source of friends. Number one was the pub we went to Zach's. They did a, um, a Frank's for Yanks night. So you hot dogs, if you're American and we met so many American expats that were just a lot of them really good. So we, we took it the sounds cool awful, that. by the way, Frank's for Yanks. Dude, it was so good. So good. Um, and then we read it actually Reddit has a very strong slash R slash Auckland. Okay. We fell into the Redditors. We found the cranky Redditors or the ones that were slightly older and not just trying to bang tourists. Like we found the, the cool ones and <laughs> we had a really good group of friends out of Reddit. Um, about half of them native New Zealanders and half of them expats. And then the burning man community was also just really, really incredible. My first tug in the country was a guy named Lumos, who was the regional contact for Burning Man. And um, we got welcomed with open arms into all of those communities. And so did you break gear? Did you get to uh did you DJ out outside of the house? I DJ'd, I DJ'd, yeah, I DJ'd festivals, I DJ'd okay. the regional Burning Man event. It was a lot of fun. Um the people there just oh, Jessica just posted in our rank or our Reddit cranky facebook nuri is talking about you guys on a podcast so <laughs> um, I, I cried when i left new zealand bob like we we I, made really really close friends and it was it was it was hard it was harder for me to leave new zealand than it was for me to leave america when i moved really to new well i think you knew yeah. you were coming back here maybe <laughs> maybe you didn't you know no. i i it's just i don't know um I've, I've edged a lot of times in my life. I've moved to a place and I've left behind communities. Like I moved yeah. to a place, I make community and then I leave and I abandon the community and I just got them 40 next year and I'm, I'm sick of doing it. So well, I was, I described you a few times as like, you know, your story is very unique to my life and it's very cool. I, 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 you know, as much, it's funny when you meet people that like, I wish I could be more like Nuri. Nuri's like, I wish I could be a stay at home, you know, live, live with a family and, you know, you know what I mean? So like you always look at the other side, but I always said like he's nomadic and then I would pause and I go, but I mean in a good way, but I mean in a good way. Like usually if you say like the word vagabond, it's like this, you know, hopping trains with a knapsack, um, you know, and I'm not talking about paying for tickets for trains. I mean, like on the, you know, Oh, <laughs> subway surfing yeah totally yeah right, you right, know what my last right. name my, my last name literally means moving moons in turkish and my family has a very long history of being nomadic it's a it's a thing and i i don't i don't know if i ever really want to settle down but i also don't want to lose those connections and people like and as you get older it's harder to make community it's harder to make friends and but i mean we just, got to talk every couple few months and it was like you know i remember like on your birthday i called and i go i have no idea what time it is i'm not <laughs> lazy to, i'm too lazy to google it but happy birthday you know yeah 
Uh, it was uh, it was really good keeping in touch with you, and um, you were one of the few people who actually called. Not everybody called, and it's you know as soon as you're not there, people you're out of sight, out of mind, and you just slowly fade away. And um, well, that was uh, my best friend in Germany. I used to call him every Christmas morning um, and ask for this was uh, uh, so like Essen is to eat right, like delicatessen. Fressen is a glutton. So I used to always call him all and ask for the Osh Oshfressa, which was like a, it, does, it translates not at all in German, but he understands I'm meaning like ask glutton in, <laughs> in English, and he would like he would completely lose it because he knew what I was trying to say. Um, you know, you cool make up yeah, yeah, like hello, suka and Oshfressa, bitte. You know, so we used to call each other every Christmas Day morning, and I we haven't we haven't called each other in five years. You just forget, you know what I mean? Like shit, I didn't call Wolfie this year. You know what I mean? It's like. Yeah, it happens, and um, I don't know. I, uh, I I came back, and I guess that's a, a good place to kind of terminate my story. Is like I came back because with the border, if I leave, I couldn't come back. Um, the week I was leaving, they said April fifteenth, we're opening to tourists again, and then they said, well, maybe there's an asterisk or two on there. <laughs> Maybe there's some additional oh terms and conditions, and now they've like postponed a bunch of things. Like I knew that they were not gonna with Omicron coming. So I um my grandparents are in their eighties, yeah, and I love them more than anything. My granddad's eighty four, granddad uh, grandma's seventy nine. My aunt Emily's in her eighties as well, and I just I knew that I couldn't be away another year. Being a smug hermit in New Zealand. I knew that I had to come back and see my family and being back for the last two weeks, I know I made the right choice. Yeah. I mean, going through what I went through this year with, uh, not only with Dave, but with my dad. Yeah. You know, you're getting you know. old blows, Bob. Getting um, old blows. Not, no, you know what the worst thing was, man. I'm not going to lie. Getting, not just getting old. Um, I wanted to make myself laugh one day and I was kind of bummed, bummy mood. So I listened to the airport, Worst meatball sandwich episode, which I, I freaking pee my oh. pants listening to. It. And uh, I'm like, oh my god, Mark Pants is gone too. So I'm like, I'm the only one that's left yes. out of the three that did that episode. I'm like, come on, you know. Uh, he was also the original Nain Rouge, wasn't he? Before I yes, took he over, was. he was. Yeah, I met him. I knew him from wrestling. I he we sat next to each other at the William Shatner spoken word at the soundboard <laughs> and uh <laughs> we uh i knew him from wrestling so i kind of mentioned something and then we talked and it was just like instant click some people in life you just you know instantly just boom you know everything in common and you just go a mile a minute 100 miles an hour um he was one of those but yeah i'm glad those um those podcasts still live in infamy i gotta work with randy this week on getting it all moved over yeah, he, um, he his I guess inspiration of the name kind of it, it was it became my inspiration. Like I just I channeled Mark Pants and I became the name Rouge and yeah. eventually put my spin on it. But still, like he was, um, I never met him in person, but his legacy lives on. Yeah, yeah, we got um, I think me and Remy bought pants T shirts just as pants on it. For some reason, <laughs> I found it on like it wasn't even for him. It was just pants period or something. And I'm like, oh my god, we gotta order these, you know. And then you'll see his head on little stickers around town, which is like the dopest thing at like really shitty bars around. Not shitty, they're amazing, mm-hmm. but you know what I mean. Um, yeah, your pants uh, head somewhere, like oh my god, you know. That's uh, yeah. and, uh whiskey in the jar, man. That's our pictures on the wall now because we brought Ming and Mike there that one night. And uh, you know, Ming and Mike, yeah, yeah. Those guys yeah. are still, uh, if you're following all those, you know, I, I think it's different now you coming home because like, there's a lot of people that, you know, I talk to on Facebook two, three times a year, maybe, but like, you know, it used to be my contact at, in Mexico city for NEC, you know what I mean? And he'll see, always wish me, wish my family well, and I'll do the same, or I'll get like a, you know, happy birthday from Japan, Bob, you know, Bob's son. You know what I mean? So, like, I think that stuff will never go away. I think you'll always have that group that you, you know, befriended and, you know, but you won't talk to them as much, but I think you'll still uh, be part of their lives. And on my way out of New Zealand to a lot of the companies I worked with were like, hey, you want to come back? 
we will find a visa for you. We will find your way back. But like, I do not regret coming back. I do not regret being here. It was a bit of a culture shock at first. Sure. But man, goddamn, I seeing my family again made every bit of this worth it. Squeezing my friends again, made all this worth it. Like I am, you can get another job at a place. You can get a visa back in a country, but you can't get that time back with your family. So no, no, it's, it's all about what's actually important. And I know that I made the choice for that. So well, we could, if you're, we couldn't be happier, we got a lot of uh, food and drink to catch up on. So, uh, yeah, you know, we need to get a brick pizza from, uh, Palazzo de pizza, which God, I miss that place and you get some beers or some whiskey and just, uh, tear it down. Bob, I'm, I'm, I'm really looking forward to that, brother. I can't wait. You say when, like I said, I'll drop everything. So happy to, uh, happy your home missed you a lot. And I'm sure a lot of people are happy that you're here too. So, um, we're going to cut things off. It won't be the last time Neri's going to be back on the show, but we just wanted to do a full show to recap. Um, we're going to cut things off on behalf of Bob and Randy. Do us all a favor. Drink up your drinks. Get your phone numbers. You don't got to go home. You just got to get the hell out of here. See you next week. Drive careful. Beat it. Beat it.